Welcome to the Cedar Lake Christian Center podcast. We hope that you are inspired and fulfilled by this week's message from Pastor Neil Hopper. If you would like to know more about us, visit our website at clcc.church. The Bible says in Romans chapter 1, in verse 12, we'll skip back up in a minute, but Romans, uh, Romans chapter 1 and verse, um, let's go 11 and 12, Shannon. Can you go back up one? There you go. For I long to see you that I may impart unto you some spiritual gift. I long to see you. Thank God that I can see some people this morning. Amen. You're in the house and I can see you. I long to see you that I may impart to you some spiritual gift. It isn't a natural gift. It's something that um, that I can give you. It's a spiritual gift. It's something that I have. And really what he said is, is he said, I long to see you that I can take a portion of what I have and give it to you. And he goes on to say, I'll get back to that in a minute, but he goes on to say, I long to see you that I may impart unto you some spiritual gift to the end you may be established, that you may be established. I think God is establishing some things in His people and in His church, and you can call it a revival, a reformation, a restoration. You can call it whatever you, whatever label you're comfortable with, but God is establishing some things, and He's establishing the new um, a friend of mine said the other day, he said, your, your what was is warring with what, you're, with what your shall be will be. What, so, sometimes the war is your what was will war with what shall be. And you'll, you'll get in that tug of war of the way things used to be. But when God begins to establish something, a new thing in you, and he begins to establish a new thing in the church and in the body, um, we, we need to learn to go with that. We need to learn how to flow with that. And then the next verse just plays off of what Miss Tanda preached to us just a minute ago. That is that I may be comforted together with you by the mutual faith, both of you and me. I am comforted together with you by the mutual faith of you and me. I can't be comforted by your worry. I can't be comforted by your, uh, by your doubt and unbelief. I can't be comforted. But he said, here's where my comfort comes from. My comfort comes from surrounding myself with people. This is where our comfort comes, by being in a position where your faith and my faith works together. I'm not against your faith. I'm, we're working together as the people of God and Paul specifically says that I may be comforted together with you. It's going to work for both of us by the mutual faith, both of you and me. There is something about coming together in the body of Christ and knowing your place and knowing that you belong there and that when somebody in this body tells you they're praying and when somebody tells you they're with you, they really mean they're with you. When somebody says, hey, I got your back, 
That's really what they mean when we're saying, hey, I'm with you. I will hold your hand. I will help you make it through this. You are not alone. Um, that's one of the things that happens when he says there's something that happens supernaturally. He said, we are comforted together. Uh, both of us are comforted together in this relationship. And because we're in this relationship called the body of Christ, we, we are comforted one from the other. And he says, it's a mutual fate, both yours and mine. And I've been stirred a lot lately by talking about uh, faith and what I think we need in faith. And I want to stir your faith. I've talked to you about activating your faith. I've talked to you about standing in faith. I've talked to you about having crazy faith and radical faith. Call it whatever kind of faith. But faith is a substance. Faith is a substance. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for. Anything that's a substance, you can measure it. Yet anything that's a substance, you can measure it. And he said uh, in, in Romans, there's a, there's a verse in Romans uh, chapter 15. I want you to see this. Romans chapter 15 verse 13 says this. There's a way that you can figure out, am I functioning in faith or what am I doing here? Is this faith? And I, I'm going to be transparent and tell you why I figured out I wasn't functioning in faith on some level. So let me just take a step back for a minute and tell you. M many of you know, I think the gifts of the Spirit are supposed to function in our lives all the time. I think it should be a very natural part of what God is doing. In fact, could I be so bold as to tell you that this move of God, if this is truly revival, it will be marked by the supernatural. Amen. Amen. I heard, uh, I heard several people say this, that if this is an end time, if you want to call it end time revival or an outbreak, an outpouring of God, we had those starting in the set. The first awakening was in the 1730, like 1730 to 1750, and that's how you got um, John and Charles Wesley, had a second great awakening, a third great awakening. Then you had the great revivals and the healing revivals. I won't go back through all that, but what they said is, is if this is it, several men and women of God have said this, that God had revealed to them that if this is it, it will be a coming together of all of those. You will see repentance, genuine, heartfelt repentance. You'll see healings. You'll see miracles. You'll see, you'll see revelation. You, you, you'll see things that we need to establish in the body of Christ, things that we should be walking in. For example, the Great Reformation taught us justification by faith. Before justification by faith was a thing, and before we began to, uh, before Martin Luther gets this revelation that we're justified by faith, he's trying by works to climb upstairs on his knee, up these stairs on these glassy, I think the steps had glass or they were, I don't know, his knees are bleeding and I've heard these stories about he's trying to do it in his own strength as some kind of penance for something. He's trying to climb upstairs and in the middle of doing that, God says to him, the just shall live by faith. Until that time, Steve, that wasn't preached in the church. So when we come into this thing and God begins to open our eyes, 
if this really is what God wants to do in this country and around the world right now, and I sure hope it is, expect revelation, expect the Word to come alive to us, expect genuine repentance, expect people to repent of their sin, and maybe it's repent of their worry or repent of their frustration or repent of their fix-it. I don't know if I've ever found that verse about uh, fixing it. God, yea, thus saith the Lord, I shall tell thee that thou shalt fix it. I've never seen that verse. I've been studying the Bible about 30 years now. It's because we don't fix it, we faith it. We stand in faith. We're faith people. So if this move of God, I think it's going to be characterized by all of these things, but you can bet one thing, expect to see the supernatural. Now, back to the original program. The original program was I came in here for about six or eight weeks. Chris, I didn't prophesy. I didn't see anything of the Spirit. I didn't. I, I mean, it was like whoosh, nothing. And so I began to realize that the Bible says, I'm praying one day and I'm saying, God, it's like the gifts of the Spirit aren't functioning in my life. It's not that maybe I didn't have a discernment or whatever, but I expect to see and know things like the couple that came in. I knew they weren't mine. I knew they weren't mine. I knew they didn't belong with us. And they're gone, by the way. I don't know where they went. But you got to know uh, the, the discernment of the Spirit really does work. Um, and so if we're talking about the supernatural functioning and being normal, I think this move of God will be characterized by that. In fact, I would expect, I think a healthy body, a healthy church, one of the reasons we come together is so that we can do what Tanda did this morning. She just shared her heart and gave the word for somebody. Somebody needed to hear that. And so that's what coming and being in the body is all about, is so that we are comforted together by the mutual faith of us both. I need your faith and you need my faith. We need to be a people that stand with each other in faith. And I begin to realize um, there needs to be a health check on my faith. If during COVID we learned that people would do a health check, so you'd come up to the place you were going in or whatever, and they'd say, can I take your temperature? Temperature's an indicator. That's all it is, it's just an indicator. So there's some indicators of faith. If, if I take your blood pressure, it's an indicator of your health. I'm not looking at any veins and I'm not in your heart. I don't know why your blood pressure is where it, but if I take it and it's high, I know something ain't right. They're all indicators, same way in the spirit, same way in the word. You can look and figure out if those indicators, what those indicators are. And in Romans, it says this, Now the God of hope, I've lost my hope. Now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing. Indicators of your faith. When the God of hope fills you, I'll have hope, I'll have joy, I'll have peace. And it's not going to come from my head. It's going to come from my heart because I'm going to actively be trusting the God who said, now the God of hope 
Think about the God of the new covenant, the God of creation, saying to you, I'm a God of hope. That's how you're going to know if the enemy's lying to you, if he's robbed you of your hope and your future, because God said, I'll give you a future and a hope. If you begin to sense something just absolutely stealing, taking away your, your hope, your peace, your joy. He said the God of hope will fill you like your cup running over. The God of hope will fill you in believing. You'll have, you'll have joy and you'll have hope in believing that you may abound in hope. In other words, I did a whole series on a Wednesday night around here one time about this lively hope. He gave us a lively hope. The reason you can't kill my hope is because it came from the resurrection of the dead, which is Jesus being raised up. When he was raised up, right? When he was raised up from the dead, there was something that was given to believers, and I'm a believer. It was my hope. My hope for a better day, my hope for a brighter future, my hope for life after death, my hope for heaven if something were to happen and I pass, my hope for an eternal kingdom that fadeth not away, reserved in heaven for me, my hope for things to get better at my house and your house, my hope for uh, a, a better blessing and bigger finances, my hope. There's something that happens when we believe. And when you believe and a long time around here, we've said, how do we, how, if we're believers, and what do we do? We practice believing. Some of you never practice. You never practice. You like Alan Iverson about 20 years ago. Practice? Are we talking about practice? You remember, you remember that whole, y'all, y'all that don't watch the NBA, Anthony, you remember that when he said, and he started saying, They're asking him at a press conference, and he says, are we talking about practice? Are we talking about practice? I'm saying there are people in here today that don't practice believing because it is a skill set as well as anything else. Practice believing. And anything you practice, if you practice it correctly, you'll get it right. You will grow in your faith. You you can't... um, You have to use it or you lose it. If you want that measure of faith to grow, Romans 12, 3, we don't have to go there. If he's given you the measure of faith, the God kind of faith, if you want that faith to grow, if it's a substance and we can measure it and we want it to grow, you have to learn to use it. You have to learn when the worry thought comes, I'm raising a shield of faith. You have to know when unforgiveness comes. You said, no, no, I reject that by faith. I, I take that thought captive and I cast it down until I train my mind in faith to always have a faith response. I practice believing. I practice it all the time. Um... He says here, now the God of all hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing 
that you may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. So when the power of the Holy Spirit is moving and you're in faith, you're practicing your faith, there's some indicators that are going to be there for you. And one of the indicators uh, is going to be that you have joy, you have peace, and you're full of hope. That's an indicator. If I check your if I check your temp, your spiritual temperature with a with a gauge and we don't have one and I check your temperature and I say Shree you don't have any hope today something's wrong we've got to ask God to heal that we've got to ask God we got to figure this out and for me I figured it out the other day because I believe I'm supposed to walk in the spirit and supernaturally I'm supposed to see sign wonders, signs, wonders, miracles. The gifts of the Spirit are supposed to function. I don't think that's just for me. I think that's personally for everybody. But people don't give themselves to learn these things and to know how to function in faith and to train their brain to think differently when the worry and the fret and the doubt and the fear come. How do I know that? Oh, because I've been there. We've all been there. You have to train your brain you have to, your neural pathways have to take a, you have to find a different route. You, your, your neural pathways have to be trained differently if you're going to walk in everything that God has for you. If you're going to move in the things that God has for you, you're going to have to retrain your brain. What am I saying? You got to think differently. You got to think differently. It, it really does go back to you uh, that battle that happens right between our ears, that mind battle, because this is the target right here. I, I was, I asked, um, I got to work the other morning and I was, uh, I told Shannon, I said, Shannon, all the way here, I've been meditating on this and I, I don't know that I have an answer. Maybe I do this morning, we'll see. But I said, if thoughts, if internal thoughts come your way, because that's what happens, worry, Doubt, fear, whatever. That's an internal thought. Now, somebody can talk to you about it, or they may give, be giving you words that are that that are doubt and faith and worry and fear and all those things. They may be giving you that, right? You hear them, you hear that coming out of their mouth. But if they're internal thoughts, they're just in here. Nobody hears those. How do I stop the internal dialogue? You have to take every thought captive. You have to practice taking every thought captive. As simple as that sounds, you have to practice. What are we talking about? Practice. Are we talking about practice? Is the pastor saying practice? Please be a practicing believer. I beg you to be a practicing believer. And when you begin to practice this thing called faith, guess what? Like a muscle, it's going to grow. And you're going to be stirred in your faith. You're going to see God do some things. I, I, I started asking the Lord, I said, Lord, what if I preach this and the Spirit don't move? And I almost heard like a chuckle in the Spirit, like, like God just kind of laughed at me like it was a little chuckle. Look, if, if we declare it, speak it, this is, the, this is the faith that we preach. Paul said, this is the spirit of faith, what we believe we speak. 2 Corinthians 4. The spirit of faith says, what I believe is what I confess. That's how I got born again. By grace through faith. 
I opened up my mouth and I said, I believe what he did for me at the cross. I, it was a prayer. It was whatever, however you did it. You might've been by yourself, but you prayed a prayer. Maybe it was in your heart. Mine was out loud. And I said, God, I believe what Jesus did for me at the cross by grace through faith, which is exactly how we still live the Christian life today. Everything that you need is by grace through faith. Even it, it starts at salvation, but that's, that's how it works. Smith Wigglesworth said the other day, or said the other day, Smith's been gone for a long time, but I heard somebody say this about Smith's. If y'all have never heard about Wigglesworth, he had like crazy radical faith. And he said, if, if somebody's drowning, it's too late for me to teach them to swim. If you're drowning, the pastor can't holler, kick your feet, just kick it, flap your arms harder, kick your feet. What are you saying? It's the same with faith. Don't wait till you get in a mess to learn how to function by faith. It's not that God can't answer. It's that most people find themselves in a mess and now they don't have the faith to believe because they didn't practice faith when it was just a mustard seed. When it was small, they didn't practice faith and so they, they didn't allow that faith to grow. In other words, we learn to trust Him like we do anybody by what happens when I do trust them. You learn to trust God by seeing what happens when you do trust Him. By standing in faith, you learn what God has for you and how this works. In other words, don't wait till you get in a mess. Don't wait till you get in a mess to learn how to function by faith. Start today. Start right now. I, I made a mistake around here and I repented to the Lord about two or three weeks ago. I made a mistake, Steve, that I thought if I told you that you had the God kind of faith, and if I told you that Galatians 2.20 says that uh, the faith that we now have is the faith of the Son of God, that what I'm functioning in now is the faith of the Son of God, Galatians 2.20 and 21, that if I said, Graham, you've got God kind of faith, I just assumed that you would know to use that. And it may be that, but some people use faith for things that don't matter. Some, you can use faith for anything. You can use faith to get a door open, a career started, a business started, a ministry started. You can use faith to find a spouse. You can use faith, you can use faith for a lot of different things. We've got to know how we're using faith and what we're believing for, and that it's in line with the Word. Amen? It's got to be in line with the Scriptures. So um, you can use, you know, you, pe there are people who use faith only for one or two things. They use faith because they need money. They use faith uh, for this or for that. They use faith in their career, but they don't have faith for the supernatural. They use faith in business. Uh, businessmen you know, it's the reason a businessman will say, well, I have faith for this or faith for that. I have faith to start businesses or to be an entrepreneur. Well, you're probably not going to be the pastor, but you can still believe God for the supernatural. Wouldn't it be great if our businessmen and businesswomen and students and everybody else just said, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use my faith for more than just getting me through school. I'm going to use my faith to see that my classmates get saved. I'm going to use my faith to see God do other things. It really is about allowing God to establish some things 
and stir you up in faith and stir you in, in what he wants to do in, in all of our lives. Now, let's go back to where I started, Romans chapter 1, and I'll close. Is this okay? Y'all all right this morning? Amen. You, you, you have to learn to use it, Anthony. You have to. And don't wait till next week or next year. Start today, trusting Him for the small things, doing little things, believing Him for small breakthroughs. Um, after, we, uh, after last week, some of you know this, um, I started believing. When I said activate your faith about two or three weeks ago on Sunday, I said the only way to activate your faith is by what you say and what you do. I started declaring and believing and praying, trusting God that we were going to get that loan. Many of you know that my banker came to me at the radio station we, we have a, a building that's somewhere between $500,000 and $800,000, and we've been trying to get a loan, not because things weren't going well, but my banker came to me and said, hey, we've had this loan on the books for a long time. If you can get somebody to refinance this loan, your payoffs, I'm, we're going to just bless you with $100,000 taken off the payoff. So we were going to go from $350,000 in what we owed to $250,000. We've spent since last March trying to get that loan. I went to two banks. We've never been late on a payment, and I couldn't get a loan. My building is worth twice what I'm asking for, maybe three times what I'm asking for. Depends on what it would. Last, uh, last time we had it appraised, it was in like 2018, I think, and it was appraised for like $500,000. Real estate's gone crazy since then. Bottom line is, they're getting a building that's worth, I want $250,000. That's all I need. It's taken me almost a year. I got a notice Friday that said, sir, your loan has been approved. Hallelujah. Amen. So for, for all of these months, We've prayed. I've asked two banks, people at the bank that we know, people that we've done business with, people that my banker was saying, they've never been a day late on the payment. Never been a day late, but I can't get a loan. And I said, God, I believe that you can make a way. I believe, I'm trusting you that, because we're talking about $100,000 coming off of the balance of the, you know, we're talking about hopefully the the, the monthly uh the monthly payment going down. I don't know with interest rates going up. We don't know where we're going to be. Bottom line is we just saved $100,000 because I finally could convince somebody to give us a loan. Here's all the documentation. It's just hard to get a business loan right now. And I said, I don't believe anything's too hard for you, God. I don't believe anything's too hard for you. You are still God. And the man called me uh, Friday and left a note, left a message on my voicemail and said, hey, uh, your loan was approved. I don't know what all that means. He said, we'll talk uh, next week. But he said, I just need you to know, because they send it out to underwriting, you know, how that works. And they send it out to several places. And somebody said, hey, this looks like a good deal. I don't know. I think it's a slam dunk. Amen. I think it's a slam. You try telling your banker that. I told the guy, I said, look, that's a slam dunk, bro. We've been paying on this thing for 25 years. Ain't no way I'm going to not pay the payment. Uh, we want to pay this thing off, get out of debt. How many of you like to be out of debt? Would you like to be out of debt? Me too. Praise the Lord. I'd like to, 
Amen? Why is it that we can get faith for that? Because we know how that, that affects all of us, right? That, that affects everybody. That affects the church. That this, we don't owe a dime on this church, by the way, just so, just so we're clear. At the station, that's a little different story, but we're working on that. Amen? So we don't owe money on the building here. This has been paid for, right? Can you say amen? Amen. Praise God. Yeah. So it, it can happen, and God does things supernaturally like that. Anyway, let me get, let me get to Romans chapter 1, and I promise we'll go home. Um, I just... I want you to be so, ah, just, if I could just give you a download in, of what's in my heart. Um, Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ, verse 1 says, a servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, separated. He's a servant, but he's separated. I don't even have time to talk about being separated under the gospel, being separated under truth, being separated... Paul went on to say in Galatians chapter 3, he was separated from his mother's womb. We could talk about three or four times that Paul was, he said, I'm separated. Some things you need to separate yourself from. He wasn't saying, he said he in Galatians 3, he wasn't saying I'm separated from my mother's womb because I'm not attached to my mother. That's my mama. But he said, when God separated me from what birthed me unto himself, sometimes we need a separation when we're walking in the things of God, you're, you're not separated from flesh. You haven't learned to separate things that are flesh and spirit. You haven't learned to walk in a grace where you understand, oh, that's, that's a flesh thing. I'm not, I'm not going to do I'm not. He said, he separated me unto the gospel. He separated me from my mother's womb, which he had promised afore by the prophets in the Holy Scriptures concerning his son, Jesus Christ our Lord, which was made of the seed of David according to the flesh and declared to be the Son of God with power according to the Spirit of holiness by the resurrection from the dead. There is, he's declared to be the Son of God according to the Spirit of holiness by the resurrection from the dead, by whom we received grace and apostleship for what? For obedience to the faith among all nations for his name, among whom also ye are, among whom are ye also the called of Jesus Christ, to all that be in Rome, beloved of God, called to be saints, grace to you and peace from uh, peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. First, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for you all that your faith is spoken of, that your faith is spoken of throughout the whole world. Wouldn't you love to be in a church? that what we're known for is that our faith is spoken of all over the world. All, oh, I mean, when people talk about our church or talk about who we are as a people of God, they say one of the things I need you to know about those people over there is that they're a faith church. Now, we're a kingdom church. We're a faith church. We're a, we want Jesus to be Lord church. I mean, there's all kind of ways to define that. I'm a, I'm a kingdom guy. For 30 years, we've preached the kingdom of God, that kingdom has a culture. We've preached all the kingdom stuff. But I recognize that the only way you walk in kingdom authority or have any citizenship in the kingdom, because the kingdom has a citizenship. The kingdom has a constitution. It's called the word. The kingdom has all kind of... How do I get that? You can't get that any other way but by faith. And today I just came to say, if I put a faith thermometer to your head, what is the indicator 
going to be? Is there an indicator that your faith is functional? Is there an indicator, if I said, what are you adding to your faith? What's, uh, what, what are you doing with your faith? How are you moving forward? Are you growing in your faith? Are you learning, not just head knowledge, but heart knowledge? Is God showing you things? These are things that we all should be aware of. And I'm just, I, I, I just want you to be aware this week of walking in faith. And, and knowing that every time that little thought comes, that you give it a faith response, that you raise the shield of faith. I'll finish with this and we'll go home. Last thought. I, I had a conversation with somebody recently, and I said, unless God makes you aware of a thing, you can't fix it. If you don't know that you're not walking in faith where that's concerned, you can't fix it. If you don't, uh, and I'll give you an example. A friend of mine called uh, a couple of years ago. His name is Mr. Cliff Buck, and he is just a, a, a giant in the spirit. He's about uh, five foot two, and he weighs about a buck 25, but he is such a giant in the spirit. He was on the board at the station and has always been a friend. I've, he's been my friend for over 30 years, and he's living in Oklahoma now, and he was praying for me, and he called me and said, the Lord told me to give you this scripture, and he gave me a chapter in the book of Psalms. He said, I was praying for you this morning, and I want you to read this. And when I started reading the chapter, immediately I realized I was in worry. How did I not know that? How did you not know? I was, I was worried about something, and I think it had to do with the station. Probably might have had to do with money. I don't know. It was something at the station that I was concerned about. Why do I share that? Because it's possible that you could be worrying about things and you're not even aware that you're not functioning faith, you're functioning in worry. Say it another way. If the Holy Spirit doesn't let you know, if somebody somewhere hadn't to call me and said, and look, he didn't just come out swinging. He just said, brother, I was praying for you today and God told me to read this chapter in the book of Psalms. And I think it was Psalm 27, but I can't remember. And I read the scripture. He didn't even tell me what it was. As soon as I read the word, I knew right well what God was saying. You're in worry over something. You're worrying about it. You're, you're not staying in faith on the issue. And if you're unaware of it, you can't, the, the reason the preaching of the gospel and the preaching of faith is important, you can't fix what you don't know needs to be fixed. You just think this is how it is. And that ain't just how it is. You don't have to walk around with your joy gone and your peace gone. And you, you have... You, you, you know, stick in the mud. You don't have to be that way. You can have the peace, the joy, the love. You can, it can all be restored to you. And a lot of it just has to do with you saying, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just walk in faith today and trust God every time that thought comes. Now, here's what you need to know. Now, I'll close with this. You can stand on your feet. How do you know if you're worrying about it? You'll know how you know if you're worrying about it? How do you know you're in worry? You think about it all the time. Whatever that thing is, when you're in faith, the truth is people who are in worry and fret, they'll be mad at you because you're in faith. They'll say, you mean you're not worried? No, nah, I ain't worried about that. Oh my God, is something wrong with you? Nah, ain't nothing wrong with me. I'm just in faith. You know how to know if you're worried about it? It never leaves you. It's right on the, it's on the back of your mind all the time. That's called worry. No, I'm just concerned. Like I said, you're thinking about it. You're worrying. And, and you, you know, you don't have to live that way. 
You don't have to. But, in, but if you don't know that you need a faith checkup, if you don't know that you can begin to use faith and function in faith and believe God by faith, if you don't know that and nobody ever teaches you that, you don't know that it's possible. We're overcomers. We practice believing. That's what we do. I practice it every day. You talking about practice? Practice? We talking about practice. Yep, I'm talking about practice. Yes, Alan, I'm talking about practice. I know you don't think it's important, but all I beg you to do this week is practice believing. Believing is nothing but faith and action. That's all it is. Simple. Exercise it. When the sin, raise the shield of faith. Speak to the mountain. I said, I speak to this mountain called banks and loan agencies, and I command you to move in Jesus' name. Amen? You said, what if I speak and it don't happen? Why don't you wait a minute and give that aspirin a second to work? Amen? Add to your faith virtue. We're going to get down if we go through those that whole list of things that you add to your faith, and one of them is going to be patience. Faith and patience, Hebrews 6, faith and patience work together. Add to your faith some patience, my friend. Give God a minute. Let Him work behind the scenes. Let Him work in places that you can't see. Know that if the seed is underground, know that if the prayer's been prayed, you can't see what He's doing. But even when you can't see Him, He's working. He never stops. He never stops working. Even when you can't see Him, He's working. He never stops. He never stops working. He never stops. He never stops working. Even when you can't see it, He's working. Even when you don't know it, He's working. He never stops. He never stops working. He's a God that's working behind the scenes. Places you can't see. He's moving on people that you don't even know. He never stops. He never stops working. He never stops working. And here's where faith comes in. Believe that He's working for you. Believe that He's working for you. Believe that He's working for you. It's easy to believe it for me, but the mutual faith of me and you together, putting our faith together, they call that the prayer of agreement, putting our faith together, the one of another. Hallelujah. He never stops. He never stops working. Even when I can't see him, he's working. Yeah, he's working. All the time moving on your behalf. All the time. Will you look at somebody this morning and just say, I'm faith all over. I'm faith all over. <laughs> yeah, I'm faith all over. I'm faith all over. 